Welcome to yet another edition of Offside Musings, my podcast. On behalf of my co-host, Emeko Onyagwa, I'd like to welcome you uh, wherever you're tuning in from uh, around the world, in the United States, in Britain, Europe, Nigeria, and Africa, as well as Asia. Uh, we have a special edition today. We'll be estraying um, the political landscape in Nigeria. And the title of today's episode is Tinubu et al. Please do not run. So in this program, we're going to urge some of the prominent politicians in Nigeria who have so far indicated their interest in running for the 2023 presidential election in Nigeria, that indeed they represent the problem, not the solution in Nigeria. And so we're going to urge them, perhaps as a patriotic duty, perhaps as a moral imperative, to remove themselves from contention, because Nigeria is in a particularly bad place. And our argument is that these politicians, most of them ex this or ex that, ex vice president, ex governors, that they have contributed to the malaise, to the crisis, to the stagnation in that country, Nigeria. Nigeria indeed needs a fresh start. So we're going to be calling on Tinubu, former governor of Lagos State, on former vice president Atiku Abubakar, on former governor Rochas Okorocha, former governor Oji Ozokalo, and their ilk to please not run for the 2023 presidential election. Nigeria has had a disastrous seven years so far under the visionless, confused, absent leadership of President Muhammadu Buhari. Nigeria cannot afford, moving forward in 2023, to have another president or indeed a set of leaders who are simply there for self-aggrandizement, who have absolutely no idea about the content and the orientation and the meaning of leadership. And our argument in today's uh, uh, podcast is that indeed some of these politicians who are regarded as front runners in uh, the race for the 2023 uh, presidency um, are simply going to push the country further into a dire and dismal place. We need new thinking. We need fresh blood, as it were. We need um, visionary leadership in order to begin the task of lifting Nigeria from the mire of underdevelopment, from the mire of its stagnation over the years. So we're inviting you to please stay tuned and listen to, the, to, the, to today's provocative 
and uh, hopefully uh, illuminating conversation with my co-host, Emeko Nyagwa, who will join me momentarily. Thank you and welcome. You know, I just came back from California and um, I met some Nigerians, uh, quite a few Nigerians from across uh, the ethnic uh, divide um, was there. And uh, people wanted to know what did I think about the political landscape? Um, uh, the, the kinds of political figures who are showing up and announcing their interest in becoming president. Um, and um, one take that they had was that Buhari has been such a terrible nightmare of a president that uh, we should just settle for anybody and anybody will be an improvement. Uh, my argument is that partly because, forget Buhari for the moment, Nigeria has actually been extremely unfortunate in its leadership, uh, really from independence. Uh, so the country has never really had a moment uh, of stirring visionary leadership. Uh, and so a country with great potential um, has been put in a dismal place by its uh, so-called leaders. I call them rulers, um, but I actually don't hardly use the word leaders for anybody who has been in, in charge in Nigeria. And so my take is, even if we subtract Buhari from the equation, and Buhari has been particularly um, disastrous as a president, mm -hmm. the country simply is is in a, a bad place. We haven't settled basic things. Take road construction. We don't have roads in Nigeria. You know, it's a joke, okay? Um, you literally should be able to have good roads even if a goat who are running the country, okay? So the whole idea that people who have proven experience as failed leaders will be the ones that we're announcing and celebrating as prospective um, inheritors of power in the country, for me, is uh, uh, very dismaying indeed. What do you think? I mean, I mean clearly it is... Um for me, looking at it the same way, you see it, it's pretty similar to the way I see it. Like, there's nobody who has been in power, around power, that has been a leader of any sort, um, you know, um, whatever we choose to call them. Um, um, Tifocrats, uh, yeah. you know, just um, people people with lack of any kind of, um, any, any kind of even, to a large degree, even caring about their fellow people. Citizens, even their own kingsmen or whatever it might be. Um, but the bigger problem is that we have, um, to me, looking at it now, is that we're heading into 2023. Mm -hmm. And we have a situation where um, in about a year, we're talking about 11 months, somewhere yeah. around that, we're going to have a new election. And then mm -hmm. what's the mood right now? Mm -hmm. What kind of citizenry exists in Nigeria mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. And 
it's it's largely you you could look at the older people and the younger people the much more older ones older than you and i will be talking about the good old days or the 50s maybe but we have a country that's largely 80 90 young and mm-hmm. 80 90 young um are throwing out all these things in i, I call in the in the in the pirates of today in the times of today mm-hmm. where it's like oh um leadership is not um leadership is for people who who have done it before yes it, 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 I, i've seen and i used to take it like when you said you're going to do well let's do this out let's do this oh, man i don't even think people are going to take tinubu seriously mm-hmm. but man i i i i you know i knew people is going to have the money this, mm-hmm. the, this thing the people he's put in power all that stuff i just didn't see the angle of you know whether they're getting paid or not i don't know but certain young people in the uk in america celebrities doing um um instagram lives um social media live tiktok videos for tinubu for atiku and mm-hmm. you know even when you get to if you have the opportunity when i have the opportunity to corner them one-on-one and ask these questions like what is it about this person that excites you they give me answers that just the only conclusion i end up concluding is that somehow some way this guy must have paid you or something like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and yeah. people now start recycling these parents i was talking mm-hmm. about like mm-hmm. it's like okay uh leadership is your it, it, it's a cent you have to be a centrist uh mm-hmm. you have to wait your turn mm-hmm. uh this person has done it before mm-hmm. uh leader is not uh nfts or mm-hmm. cryptocurrency mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm like what are you yeah, talking about yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you actually wonder um you know i know that you do uh, you, i i i like a particular intervention that you uh come back to which is to say that whilst we uh look at the the leadership that we also ha- have to look at inevitably in fact perhaps even with more such an uh um uh acuity that we have to look at the followership. Um, so Nigeria is a paradox in so many ways, right? As you rightly said, is a mostly young population. And so statistically, younger, more enlightened, uh, progressive uh, politicians or political figures should have the edge, okay? Uh, properly speaking given the demographics of the country. But what happens, obviously, is that um, uh, the they outsized role of money, that Nigerians actually mistake people who have been in governance and who have stolen their way to great wealth, that they mistake it as evidence of leadership. And so, in a sense, um, uh, as I said in my opening uh, monologue, I'm actually appealing to the Tinubus of our world. I'm appealing to people like Atiku. I'm appealing to people like Ojikalo, or Oju Zokalo. I'm appealing to Rocha Sokorocha. I'm appealing to these kinds of politicians to voluntarily step aside. Uh, and the argument I'm making is that ultimately, if they have a modicum of investment in Nigeria, a modicum of interest in Nigeria's future, 
that this is what they should do. They should step aside because they don't have what it takes. Okay, that's one. I'm also saying that it's in their self-interest ultimately because these are part of the people who have wrecked the country and put Nigeria in such bad shape that you can't sustain it. There will come a time, okay, where the people of Nigeria, they terribly mistreated masses of Nigeria, graduates who have no jobs, workers who are not paid, peasants who have no basic facilities, even the middle class that has been eviscerated over the decades. There's going to be a time when they will rise. And when they rise, it's going to be indiscriminate, indiscriminate chaos and violence. Uh, we saw a little, a glimmer of this kind of prospect in the ENSAS movement. Okay, There was a discipline to it, but there was a grit and determination on the part of these young uh, men and women who uh, curated and carried out that revolutionary, very brief revolutionary moment in the country. But what I'm saying is that unless Nigeria has forward-looking leaders who will begin to... Uh, the task of a dramatic shift of the country from where it is in the gutter and who will then bring it up and begin to realize the potential of that country that will wake up one day and see the country just in combustion. Okay? So I'm, I'm asking the Tinubus, you have done enough damage. I'm asking Atiku, you've done enough damage. You see, when you think about people like Atiku, Tinubu, uh, Ojikalu, Rocha Sokorocha, when you think about people like that, right, there's not one of them that you associate with a noble, lofty idea. All you know is that they've made money. And if you are asked to account for how they made that money, it is never a smooth, transparent account that you arrive at. Ultimately, you come to the suspicion that these people exploited their public office to accumulate this primitive and obscene levels of wealth. And what I'm saying is, unless, unless people like that voluntarily retreat, from participating further in the destruction of Nigeria, that they may wake up and find that there is no space for them in Nigeria and no space for them for their children. Yeah, so there, there are three things I think about when you said that. Um, the first one is historical. If you go back to early the, the, the British when they came in, late 1800s, um, early 1900s, and you read some of their people's, their writings mm -hmm. in between, I would directly they, they say that whether it's um, uh, F. R. Crozier for five long five years or um, um, George Bazin, any of them, mm -hmm. they always saw a a gap in our societies where um, it was possible to exploit to create a a ruling class mm -hmm. where people could appear with money mm -hmm. and people would heal them because mm -hmm. you in a like if you're Igbo. You know, they say, 
Onyeme, you know, somebody that does a doer, a doer, you know, just you can just paper it up. And that that crack has to me has been expanded mm-hmm. to the point where um, we just think of people who who do, um, irrespective of what it takes. Yes. Um, but the, the next thing I, I look at is, yes, the crack has expanded. Now you have um, the whole society as just a doing society. If you get into power, if you get into government, government is power. To do, mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. If you get into power, mm-hmm. where you are a feudal, where more or less you are a feudal ruler mm-hmm. over the people. You are not a leader. You are not a this thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to rule. Mm-hmm. And everybody that has any kind of power wants to show it in one way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. If you get into power in Nigeria, um, the main um, um, aim is to steal money. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't see it as the country is, is they don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't see it as the country is failing. After all, Dubai is a seven hour flight. Mm-hmm. London is a six hour flight. Yeah. America is a 10 hour, 11 hour flight. Mm-hmm. Um, they can always come to hear all these places or go to all these places and and um, not just send their kids there, but have um, as, uh, have um, 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 dwelling, dwelling places and this thing. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, the last, the last thing I, I think about is like, look, do do these people see or feel any sense of um, duty mm. whatsoever? Forget yeah. about just duty, looking at things and being like, um, we can. Because last time you spoke about it, where you felt like Nigeria needed an, an Awolowo style my leader in the, in terms of like the Awolowo arrogance. Mm-hmm. Good, you know, there's a good and the bad side of it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, people. Um, can we can we obviously always get into that as we keep going, um, but there's an arrogance in him that felt like um, he was the best leader Nigeria could have. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the best leader his people, Yoruba people could have as well. That um, in a way, you know, it's like he he could. I mean, in a lot of ways, a lot of people, a lot of them, a lot of Yoruba revere him because um, if you look at it. His track record in terms of education mm-hmm. and those things lifted a provision of social services. Oh, I, exactly, yeah. was he was actually a very socialistic government, mm-hmm. extremely socialistic. Mm-hmm. So, do any of his people, um, even though they don't seem short of, I don't even I don't know what, I won't call it arrogance. I just call it to me it's, it's on the level of buffoonery. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the current leaders, the current leaders. Um, I think buffoonery is a word because when somebody who is otherwise empty, okay, um, I forget some great wise writer said there are some people are so poor that all they have is money. And so Nigeria, Nigerian politicians epitomize that depth of poverty. You know, when recently I saw a uh, a, a video of um, one of these presidential candidates in his private jet, and uh, and he's eating uh, in the private jet with I think a young woman and another person, and really what he's eating is like canned beans and you know very the kind of food that poor people in other countries eat. And here he is in a private jet <laughs> eating food that is bad for him, bad for his health. He has no nutrition, but he has no shame. He has no understanding that he's actually exhibiting his... It's, it's a very primitive mindset, okay? 
first of all, you have a private jet, okay? Uh, and you are showing it off, you are basking in it. When you come from a country and you have helped to create uh, a nation of, of where basic things are absent, okay? Where in the best parts of any city in Nigeria, or almost every city in Nigeria, you have open gutters that are filled with brackish water. Um, and, 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 you know, so these people, they strut about the stage in their $50,000 wristwatches and, you know, designer suits and so on. Um, they don't know that, in a sense, what they are saying to the rest of the world that is um, the world that is enlightened is that the world is, is, is become a global village and I'm, I'm a global idiot, okay? <laughs> I'm an idiot in that village, uh, an idiot with a lot of money, mm -hmm. okay? So our people, you know, I mean, you talked about the um, sort of the, this Igbo sense of um, achievement, that is when you have money, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this saying, Akunesio Bike, you know, Akunesio Bike. Um, and there is the kind of heart, um, heartiness, if you like, that you get from uh, confidence that you have from uh, possessing wealth, right? Mm -hmm. But then it depends on how you get that wealth. And ultimately, if you look at the people who move things in the world, people who are influential in the world, people who have revolutionized the way that the world transacts itself and does its business. I'm talking about people like uh, Mark Zuckerberg and, uh, and, and, and Bezos of, of Amazon and uh, Bill Gates and so on. They are extremely wealthy people who are wealthier individually than several countries in Africa put together, many countries in Africa put together, right? But their importance ultimately does not lie merely in the amount of wealth they have accumulated. It is in the way that they have changed the running of the world, right? So Amazon has changed the way that people exchange goods and services in the world, right? Um, Zuckerberg has changed the way that people communicate, okay, uh, in the world, okay, and so on and so forth. But our people just uh, celebrate the fact that they got a contract which they did not execute and they just paid off a few officials and they go and buy a Rolls Royce, which they can't produce anywhere in their space. And they wear these expensive things which they buy from, uh, from Europe or from America or Asia. And they look like idiots. You know, so it's buffoonery. And so that's why I'm a big fan. You know, I don't make... I'm a big fan of ours. Um, I'm a big fan of ours. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of ours. Um, the man had a, a sense of self-assurance, almost arrogance, in saying to Nigerians up until his death, I'm the best leader to run this country, Right. There's, you know, we can have a debate there. 
but at least I was showed in the books that he wrote, in the policies that he pursued um, in, as a leader, I was showed that he was a thinking man, not just, you know, and he made money, he made money, a lot of money uh, in his life. But I don't think Nigerians will quarrel with their leaders simply because they've made money. Nigerians quarrel that in making all this money, most of their so-called leaders have shown zero capacity for solving basic problems. Yeah, I mean, we can, we can, we can, we can beat the disc on the horse. Um, I mean, in terms of like, I mean, I just had, you know, in terms of like, um, for this conversation, you know, we're talking about the Bezos and Facebooks in a certain context um, for this conversation, because there's the other side of it as well. I just like to put that there. There's the other side of the business and this thing, yeah, and the mono, monopolistic tendencies mm -hmm. of, of today's and so on, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I mean, just to me, just to go back to it, the most disturbing part is that it's the young people who I can't, and I'm, I can't, man, I can't even, I don't even want to start listing the amount of um, quasi celebrities and, and people who are rooting, actively campaigning for these guys. It's like, look, man. Mm -hmm. Man, like, why? Like, I don't get it. Like, why? It's like, you know, no, you know, it's not this. Um, and with them, oh, you know, you need people. It's almost like people, it's like people try to self-sabotage in a way. Mm -hmm. Self-sabotage, that's, that's a good phrase. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, why? Like, I, where, where Trump mm -hmm. won just put the elections over the finish line, to mm -hmm. me, in my opinion, mm -hmm. was on the campaign stump. Mm -hmm. But he just sat down and he's like, your yeah, schools are, your schools are, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, this, it's like, what do you have to lose? lose. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and th th there's also a point that needs to, um, to be made, which is that um, you also get a sense that uh, young, the younger demographic in Nigeria, the younger people, really understand the importance and the value of vibrant thinking leadership. Okay, because these are the same people when uh, when they hear of um, a Macron becoming the president of France or an Obama getting elected in America, they celebrate it. They say, oh, you know, if it were in Nigeria, this will not happen. And they say it in a regretful accent, okay, that they wish that this will happen in Nigeria. And yet, when you have the opportunity to actuate this hope, they self-sabotage, okay? So they, and I think that part of it is... Um, and I'm a Christian, I say this as a Christian, I think that the Christianity and religion, broadly speaking, in Nigeria, that religion has had a deleterious effect in, in the country because Nigerians have come to believe that divinity will solve their problems. In other words, that they can stay in uh, some bar or nightclub and be, you know, pushing beer into, in, in, into their face 
and uh, eating pepper soup and, and so on. And then one day they wake up and God has uh, provided regular electricity for them. Their roads have been constructed by God and uh, God has brought uh, enough money to pay salaries and to uh, put in um, excellent hospitals, build good schools and so on and so forth. So the, the, the disconnect that we have there in that kind of religious mindset where it is no longer religion but superstition, where people are ascribing, where people are passing off to God the things that they can and indeed ought to do for themselves, okay? Um, and so a, a lot of young people feel, okay, they are tikus and tinubus and archikalos and so on via space, have the money. They can give us some of that money. They can hire us. They can buy us motorcycles and cars and so on to campaign for them. Yeah, we're going to take it. And um, even if they're going to then become leaders and wreck the space, uh, at some point in God's own good time, God is going to fix everything. Okay? So the unwillingness to undertake this, this gritty task of reshaping your own life. Okay? And I say that it has to be, uh, let, let me, I'll give you one example, which I've cited before, right? Um, about three year, four years ago, just before Buhari's re-election, I happened to be in Nigeria. And um, I spoke to the Rotary Club in, uh, in, in VI. This is the Rotary Club of Ikoyi and VI. So the most elite uh, part of Nigeria, a cross-section of them. And so in the course of talking to them, I said, who are you going to support for the uh, presidency? And half of them said Atiku, another half said Buhari. I said, why? They said, oh, you know, they're the ones who have what it takes. And I said, what does it take? What do they have? Oh, they have the structure. I said, what is structure? Oh, they have the money. I said, how did that money come about? Okay, so the incapacity of our people to do the critical thinking. So I said to them, if you had a business, a personal business, and you've invested most of your resources into this business, and an Atiku or a Buhari came to run the business for you, okay, present themselves, themselves as candidates to run the business. On the other hand, there is a, a Moagalo or a Durotoye, okay, who presents himself to run it. I said, would you consider Buhari or Atiku? And they said, no. I said, then why are you choosing them to run a far more complex, more significant space organism, the nation itself? Okay? I said, why don't you dream big? Then they went back to, oh, but you know, Durotoy and Moagalo and candidates like that don't have what it takes, the resources. So I said to them, Every day I receive useless videos from people like you. You know, you see a video of a woman shaking her bottom and you feel that this is so important. We must circulate this video to so many of our friends around the world. I said, why don't you use that same phone to send 
a text to your friends and you say to them, let us create a viral moment. Let us use our phones to create a viral moment. Tell your friends, vote for Durotoye, uh, okay? Uh, don't make any excuses. Don't tell me he's going to lose. Vote for him even if he will lose. I have decided to vote for him, right? Or vote for Kinsley Moagado even if he's going to lose, right? And then I say to every friend that you send it, the same friends you send useless videos to, tell them to send it to all their contacts that they send videos to. I said, before you know it, you have started creating, you are using technology that is available to you to create this momentum. And I said, even if the candidates you choose don't win, at least they will get two, three million votes, okay? It will serve notice to the Buharis and to the Atikus, to the uh, Ojikalos and to the Tinubus, that the more knowledgeable sector of the country is awakening, okay? But I said, you can't keep playing the lottery with wretched choices and hope that one day uh, a Tinubu is going to come and transform Nigeria into a Dubai, transform Nigeria into a UK. I mean, these are people. Uh, when Tinubu and Ojikalo and, uh, and uh, Atiku and so on uh, run spaces, are part of the leadership of Nigeria, but they will never be caught in a Nigerian hospital for treatment when they are sick. They have to fly abroad. Already, it tells you everything you need to know because there is nothing wrong with the Nigerian space. That there, there are some of the best doctors are Nigerians. So if these people were thinking, they will turn Nigeria into that space where I mean, you don't have Indian leaders coming to New York for treatment. You don't not, have not Filipinos. No, you don't have Filipino leaders coming to Nigeria. You don't have South African leaders coming to to the U.S. for treatment. They have set up their systems, okay? So we have a country where every sector is, is, and they have is, pride. is wretched. And they have pride. Um, Precisely. A leader of a country shouldn't. Should have pride. A leader of the country should say, you know, I watched a 60 Minutes uh, video, you know, this Dubai that our people want to run to. So some years ago, 60 Minutes did a feature on the sheikh who runs Dubai. Mm -hmm. And he said, I sat down one day with a group of my friends. And I said to them, I want to make Dubai the best. And the CBS uh, 60 Minutes correspondent said, the best in what? He said, the best in everything. I wanted also to have the best education, the best medical care, the best financial system. And guess what? From dreaming, thinking about it, he then sat, sat down with his team and translated that vision into reality. Today are people like, you know, the mediocrities that they are. They like to troop away to Dubai. I'm going to Dubai and they look important. They're going to Dubai. Did God create Dubai? No, human beings did. And so when you, you have references to Dubai as a, as a superior place, meanwhile you have wrecked your own country, you should disqualify yourself. So I'm begging, let us beg the Tinubus. I know that our young people have a role to play, mm -hmm. okay? So we have to educate, which is part of the uh, mission of this podcast, is to just open people's eyes, okay? Mm -hmm. If you are a young person, and you 
are seduced into this lazy acceptance of an Atiku, an Ojikalo, a Tinubu, and so on, understand that tomorrow you are going to start complaining, just like some of you lazily supported Buhari, okay? And then, and some of you did it because, you know, Buhari made all these promises, I'm going to jail corrupt people. You know, some of us warned that he wasn't going to do that, okay? But we were ignored. I was called names for saying that people should actually forsake both the PDP and the APC. And so there is a different conversation, which is what are the so-called enlightened political candidates? What are they doing? What are the Kinsley Morgan? Question. I mean, it begs the reality. I don't think it's a question. It's just the reality, like the, the electorate. Um, I, I, I hate doing this, but I'm going to do this here. Mm -hmm. You compare the US, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, I'd compare it comparative. I think every I think every system is different. But you compare the US for instance. Oh, the people, you know, but we are being taken for a ride in different ways, corporate interest, all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, people know every two years and every four years okay. you have a chance to go in and register your displeasure. Mm -hmm. Whether the rest of the world doesn't understand it or not, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you you have a Trump that gets elected and you're like, Trump is a racist. Okay, some racists voted for him. Yeah, sure. But a lot of people were just not happy with the system. Mm -hmm. That was their way of walking in mm -hmm. there and being like, all right, yeah. man. But at the base of it, um, if we agree that the electoral process in Nigeria is flawed, yes, a lot of times there are no votes. But even though, even at that, you talk to a lot of people, they don't seem to understand their vote. In fact, a lot of people will look you would look at you like you have some kind of you're brain dead. Like why are you wasting your votes? Mm -hmm. I need to who is going to win? I'm going yeah. to vote for who is going to win. Yeah. As if um as if it's like trying to be part of Manchester United or something. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Just I want to just who's going to win. So it, it gets back to that that reality. Like it seems like um education has failed even though we come out, we, 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 we produce great minds in so many ways and so many things, mm -hmm. it seems like as a collective, mm -hmm. education has failed and mm -hmm. has always failed the basic distance uh, in Nigeria. Yeah. But we're talking about it like even the basic, the basic tenets of, of, of humanity. Mm -hmm. um, okay, after you feed and all that stuff, the next you know, important thing, in terms of your your relationship with people is communicating. Mm -hmm. At the base of it, we can't even communicate. In fact, once you have a disagreement with people, with somebody in Nigeria, right? The first thing people want to say is, "You know who I am." Yeah. And anybody with a little power wants to go and get maybe the police yes. shot. Yeah. Or and it's not even over ninety nine percent of the time. It's not over something serious. It's just that you might have slightly different views or mm -hmm. even completely different. Mm -hmm. But because I have more, I feel I have more power, yes. I'm going to silence you. Silence you. So, mm -hmm. and that's the way, that's an example of how the kind of electorate we're dealing with. Like, okay, just like you said, you're absolutely right. From a religious perspective, it's, religion is so convoluted that even what you're saying to people, you have to prefix it by saying, well, I'm a Christian. Religion in Nigeria is so convoluted, so toxic. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was even watching the other day about a priest who bans the use of um, 
Igbo songs in his parish in Lagos. Hmm. You know, it was so interesting. I'm like, your parish is probably 90% Igbo, so why are you bothered about, you know, but hmm. it just shows you hmm. how, um, I mean, it's a, it's a little yeah. example. No, I mean, they, they, um, I, I think the thing to, uh, to understand is, is um, that religion, it's in itself, uh, properly practiced, it can actually be a force for good. You know, I know that part of my own personal transformation is rooted in my reconversion, return to Catholicism, uh, into which I was born and which I left as a young man. Um, but then what I find extremely disturbing is this, um, this recourse to, uh, to magic, you know. So religion becomes a, another way of believing in magic, you know, so where um, every month people send you, ah, yeah, you know, your, your problems will be solved, all your problems will, be, will magically disappear this month. And every year people send you messages, oh, this is the month of your breakthrough, uh, the year of your breakthrough, and so on. And I said, listen, the beginning of a year, the beginning of a new month has nothing to do with anything, okay? Um, if, if you work hard and with a little bit of luck, but mostly hard work, you'll, you'll get by, okay? Um, uh, it's not a magical process. And once we decouple this, uh, the, our material existence, from our spiritual uh, uh, development, you know, because religion should, properly speaking, uh, concern itself with the spiritual, okay, with our moral uh, negotiations with our fellow human beings and, uh, and with our environment. What's happened is that uh, too many Nigerians have brought religion into uh, their material uh, transactions, okay, uh, in a bad way, okay, so that uh, you see some, some, some people who will be told by their pastor that this is the month that God is going to double your, 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 your funds, and these are civil servants. So what they start doing then is they demand bribes of those who need their services as civil servants. And the money they make, they tell themselves that God has blessed them. No, God cannot participate in corruption. So if they're electoral of official officials, they take money from the losing candidate, announce the candidate as the winner, and they tell themselves that the money they received was given to them by God, and they go to some church and they put in 10% and feel that they can bribe God with this loot. You know? So we have to emphasize clearly that God properly understood in any religion, even pagan religions, that God does not is not associated with uh, evil, with iniquity, with stealing, with uh, disinheriting people of their of their proper uh, um, assets and so on. Um, but to go back to uh, you know sort of the the the, the so-called 
Because I want to say, I want to really believe that we are not, that Nigerians will know better uh, than to hand over the uh, leadership of the country by hook or crook to some of these candidates who are being styled the leading candidates. Uh, The leading candidates, if they have demonstrated anything, it is their genius at failing, okay? At failing at the basic tasks of leadership. So uh, if you ask a Tinubu about his achievements, you know, he'll talk about, you know, roads that he constructed in Lagos and so on and so forth. And I, as I keep telling people, to construct roads is not an achievement, okay? Um, any leader who starts talking about, I pay salaries, that's my achievement, I construct roads, or in the case of Rochas Okorocha, he said that the uh, statues that he built in Imo State at the Heroes Park, you know, where he put in people who are not really heroes and where the artwork was utterly displeasing to the senses, you know, just utterly grotesque works of art, you know, and he feels that this is part of his achievement, okay? Um, if I bet you that if you go there now, the art is, is, is in such terrible shape, I won't be surprised if people defecate around them <laughs> and so on. You know, so there's nothing of enduring value that Rochas Okorocha can point to when people remember Rochas. It's for, you know, he speaks, he has the swank, uh, swag, sorry, of, of, um, he, does he? you know, on some level, on does, some, it, does he? On some level, you know, for for, for his circumstances, that you, you know, see, people people you think his, his, his speech where was declaring that yes, that you know, <laughs> quoting the Quran and uh, you know, talking about uh, justice and so on. Does does this man know? Would he know what justice is if it, <laughs> if it hit him, you know, between the eyes? No, you know. I mean, all he knew was, did he do justice to the people of Imo State when he was governor? He empowered, enriched his family, his inner circle. He acquired wealth. To the point wealth. of wanting to um, hand over to his son-in-law. Yes, I think, yes, yes. You know, you know so, so this man is, 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 is a reprobate, reprehensible character. Ojuz Okalu left Abia State uh, as governor, and he was accused of you know, uh, stealing seven point something billion dollars and a uh, billion naira, and I think that that case is still within in the court system uh, on appeal. He was jailed, um, but then you know released. Uh, but I think that EFCC has a um, appealed that judgment. So people like that, and people like Tinubu, who uh, again have had uh, legal problems in this country, in America legal problems in Nigeria, you know, and who was in the Moshuda um, Biola uh, June 12th movement and suddenly trans- became a man of just staggering wealth. And we ought to ask the question, how was all of that wealth accumulated? How did Atiku manage the privatization uh, process in Nigeria, which Abbasanjo, you know, put him in charge of? Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's a. I think probably we'll get into the next episode because it's going to involve literally every major declared 
Uh, I don't. When I say major, I don't call like the Duro Toyers and Kingsley Mogal as a major. Even though Mogal Kingsley Mogal is the ADP, which is a big party in Nigeria, um, I don't call them. But every other one of the, every that's something we'll get into how some of them like to brand themselves as um, people who didn't steal or misuse funds or they made their mo- their money outside. Um, that's a that's a conversation that we're going to cover on the next one, um, but. Generally, it is safe to say that for a lot of Nigerians, they have a way of, um, I'll call it paperizing mm-hmm. or, you know, dressing up people's wealth. Mm-hmm. Like I, I spoke about before, there was that way of, and now we just get to the point where we just dress it up. Mm-hmm. You know, how does an Atiku acquire, you know, we dress, oh, you know, blah, 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 um, blah, 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 all they care about, all we care about, well, all we as a country, previous citizen, which, you know, doesn't include me as an individual but we as a country care about is this person has the money to mm-hmm. prosecute an election to, mm-hmm. to the fullest uh, distance so it's it's a question of um um not educate well i'll call it well the the, the mindset mm-hmm. yes the question of the mindset mm-hmm. for the average person in nigeria and you know part of what we're trying to do here is you know throw out those questions to, to people wide and far um uh, it, uh, to ask themselves that question, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. I know people would be some like I said, it's like self sabotage. Like yeah. they don't want a yeah. better better place. They don't mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. Um, if if it's it's like you see a black because maybe maybe because it's black and black. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't want a black person that has ideas to yeah. know. But if it's a white man, mm-hmm. they probably would be more amenable yeah. to, to speak. Yeah, I mean, part of part of the part of what happens, of course, is uh, again. The, um, this uh, terrible thing mm. with ethnicity and religion and statism, you know, where um, uh, in Nigeria people might say, okay, this candidate um, doesn't have it, has no ideas, is probably going to spend four years or eight years just stealing as much as, uh, as, much as he can but he belongs to my uh, church, or to my religion, you know. Literally. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, precisely. Literally. Yeah, literally, you know, he goes to my to church. He yeah. Islamic sect. Yeah, he's, he's in church. This, he goes uh, to the sect of uh, Islam, um, or belongs to my mosque, or he speaks the same language the as I, the, comes it, from my local the, the, government The sect of area. like Izela, yeah. Izela, sorry, yeah. I, I mispronounced yeah. it, so yeah. Yeah. all the apologies, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, you know, so, so unfortunately, um, the education over the years, you know, we started something like the National Youth Service Corps uh, program. And part of it was to broaden uh, the consciousness of Nigerians so that uh, they're not just thinking in tribal terms, right? Um, but such programs have not worked because this ethnic um, ethnic uh, considerations and uh, very narrow parochial considerations continue to be determinative of action in Nigeria, you know. So it's almost like people's behavior can be predicted by, you know, um, uh, uh, their racial, I mean, their ethnic and religious and other clannish affiliations, you know. So part of education, we have to really reach uh, younger people. 
okay? Um, it is not true, uh, which is again, at some point we're gonna, gonna talk about that. It is not true that there is any ethnic group or any religion that has a, a greater purchase on virtue and on good conduct than, than others. So when Igbo people say to you, um, uh, yeah, Igbos are better than Yoruba or better than Hausa, I say we must deny it. It's not true, okay? Uh, nor are Hausa and Yoruba better than anybody else. There are good people and bad people in every religion, in every ethnic group, in every town, in every state, in every local government. We must state that clearly. And so we must invite our young people to begin to make rational choices, okay? If you have a choice between your uncle that you know is a demonstrable rogue and a stranger that you don't know but somehow has a reputation for probity, please vote for the stranger because your uncle will steal everything and steal your own future and enslave you to vote. So people need to understand those things, okay? Rather than uh, continue to say, uh, hey, you know, uh, who is the Igbo man there? Okay, I'm an Igbo man, so I have to vote for him. Or who is the Yoruba person? Or who, is, uh, uh, who goes to Redeemed? Yeah, hey, so I, I'm also a member of Redeemed, so I have to vote for, for this candidate, you know? So we, we, need, we need to ask the followers, and that's a point that you, you know, have made over and over in the life of this podcast, that the followers have a responsibility that is even perhaps more important than uh, that of the so-called leaders to make informed choices. Very true. Very about true. their lives. Very true. And uh, yeah, with that, uh, I mean, it's um, something we're going to definitely um, get into in the next episode um, um, in terms of all these things. But yeah, um, on one side, um, it's asking people, do they have any they feel anything is bigger than them and step aside mm-hmm. um, on the other side too is also to now to also ask um, people do you feel there's something bigger than you in, in, in a country like Nigeria I, I get it um, um, is there anything salvageable mm-hmm. you know we, we talk about it is not an indivisible thing or you know it's just anything salvageable even if you don't believe in the whole country, you believe in your ethnic group. Mm-hmm. Do you want the best for your ethnic group? Uh, it's not enough to, that's like you were saying, people say, oh, there's this, that, and people like, yeah, you know, we get in trouble by saying all these statements. Um, yeah, these people are this, or people say the Yorubas are the most educated. Or, you know, it, it's all these things we say, um, or the Igbos are the best, um, you know, with no... You say stuff like that, obviously, you just get more hate from other people. But overall, it's not even about saying it. It's about looking at it and asking yourself, do you want your ethnic group or your sub Most times it's a sub-ethnic group. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like you're an uh, acquired bomb, mm-hmm. it's acquired well, Oka. Mm-hmm. You're an Oka person, Oka and Anambra, or you're an um, Anang person from, you know, do you, do you want the best mm-hmm. for your group or you're a Jukum Mm-hmm. From, t- from from do you want the best from your group at least while they are in this co- this contraption called Nigeria who knows where it might go tomorrow and if you do don't you feel you owe it 
as a duty to uh, to try and look for good good people to support to get into office, not just because it's the time for that zone mm. or that village mm. or that town. Who is the person that can go there and have an impact on the lives of people? Um, and there's so many ways, little impacts. Like if you're a counselor in your ward, for instance, you could have an impact on um, helping set up maybe an information center where mm-hmm. some more people from your town mm-hmm. get educated or get information on how to get scholarships or something. And you know, they those people now come back and having multiplier effects. So that's a thing that you know. I think we should we would have to stay to people and ask people to to do and on all those kind of things. But um, yeah, well, um, I think that it's time to wrap it up. Um, it's been I've uh, at least had fun um, discussing this this topic today. Uh, the topic inviting um, uh, the likes of Tinubu, Atiku, Ajikalo, Rochaso, Korocha, and their ilk. Uh, to please spare Nigeria themselves, that Nigeria cannot afford uh, your lack of vision, uh, your lack of leadership acumen, uh, cannot afford your self-aggrandizement and your um, uh, idea that leadership is simply uh, a means to burnish your your image and to... um, just accumulate uh, wealth uh, obscenely for yourselves and for your uh, small circle of cohorts and so on. Um, so we thank you again, uh, our listeners, for joining us on this podcast. And uh, we look forward to having you join us again uh, in a bit. Thank sure. you. All right.